Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, 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 hello. How you doing? <laughs> Me too. It's June 26th, and we're all still here. That's good, good news. The bad news, I'm sure, is coming. Um, I, that's no way to start an introduction to Susan. I mean, I was just going to say, I was going to say, and here's my sister. <laughs> Susan! Yeah, thanks a lot. That's a hell of an intro. Yeah, yeah. Here's the bad news. My sister, Susan. Yeah, I, I realize that. That's why I ended up drawing <laughs> even more attention to it. Uh, um, what was that quote? There was something where it was had to do with Sally, Sally Wigan, and uh you know shifting from the weather to the news or and somebody said i thought it was sally but it doesn't make sense that it was sally uh coming out of the weather and speaking of frigid here's sally wicked No, that wasn't it. I got it wrong, but it was something like that. Only I think she said it, so how that worked, I don't know. <laughs> well, if she were telling a joke on herself, she'd say it. Yeah, but I don't know. It was. It doesn't matter, but it, yeah, so those things happen. <laughs> All right, that might be the last time we laugh today. <laughs> yeah, well. Jeez. <laughs> okay, uh, that laughter was near hysterical. Um so, uh, Susan, I, yeah. I I talked quite a bit yesterday about my um, ambivalence going here, there, agnosticism, I don't know what the right word is, about, you know, uh, confronting uh, openly, uh, publicly shaming, um, you know. Shunning. Shunning, shunning shaming. Shunning the red hen. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, exactly, and uh, Kirsten Nielsen, and and all of that, and and how you know, right now there's all those screaming that you know that is absolutely the wrong thing to do, and and then others saying, "Are you kidding me? It's uh, it's what the times demand." And I w- I was wondering, uh, you know, where where have have you solidified a position? Yeah. I well, you know, I have. I, I have to say, I think I've gone on record for years as as finding shunning an appropriate societal response. Hmm. Okay. Um, not to be done violently or rudely, uh, but shunning is appropriate. And, and um, you know, I don't know, you know, at what point do you draw the line? If Hitler were to walk into your restaurant, do you dust off the seat yeah, and but, say, have a seat, sir? Yeah, but she's not Hitler, so what... What do you mean? You, you can no, shun but, but not be rude? An admi- she lies to the public on a daily right. basis. She, she espouses views that are directly hurtful to the staff of the restaurant in which this happened. Um, I don't know why they lose their rights and their voice in the face of her over-asserting hers. I don't. Mm. I think shunning is appropriate. I don't think going up and yelling at people in their faces or threatening them or being violent is appropriate. I think turning one's back on them is extraordinarily effective. Yeah. So okay. So if she walks into a restaurant where you are, how do you how do you exhibit uh, this? 
without... Well, if I'm already seated in the restaurant, then it's none of my business as another customer. I'm not going to yell at her. You're not. You know, okay. that's not the point. That's not, and that's not the accurate, uh, you know, way of... It. The, the actor here was the owner. Uh, and to their credit, not the staff who were going about their business. The only thing the staff did is call the owner. But they also, uh, but the they, staff was she going asked them. about their business. Yeah. And then the business well, determined that it should have a, um, a, a, that it did indeed have a stance on this. And frankly, you know, it's hardly she who started it. If a baker gets to say he doesn't make a cake because he doesn't like these people, if a corporation is a person, such that they can make, uh, you know, they can make, uh, have a voice in our politics. If uh, Hobby Lobby can deny uh, legal medications to women that it employs and that would otherwise be covered under insurance, then I think individual store owners under our law have clearly been granted the right to exercise judgment in who they serve. Okay. I don't think it's necessarily a good business model, and you got to put that out there. But I think uh, I think it's entirely within her rights, and frankly, a good arrow among the quill in the quill. Um, I, yeah, my my, my inclination is is uh, definitely uh, it, that way. It just the thing is, let's see. So you have my thing is the. To keep your eye on the prize, the thing is, we've got to win. We, the election is everything. I get it. I don't want to destroy our so chances. So I, I, so you, I, I don't know what the calculation is. You're not gonna. You're offending Trump's base. It doesn't. That's a wash. Who I mean, cares? yeah, exactly. You don't lose votes you never had. Exactly. But if this kind of tactic ends up turning off those. You know, most of us are in our camp already. The, the The election might well turn on those people in the middle who none of us can even comprehend being in the middle. But I'm, No, I'm sorry. I, I have to say I am way past that because I really think the times do call for us to be way past that. I think that the acts that are being committed in our name by this, uh, you know, do-nothing Congress and this despot of a president – uh, re required that we not sit around and be namby-pamby, polite Demo Democrats who are afraid to say what is right okay. and afraid to act in a way that is appropriate okay. in the face of what is happening in our names. I, uh... And I think action is called for. I'm sorry. If you, if you are not one to take action, be quiet. Sit down. You don't have to do it. You still have to vote correctly. Please don't be turned off by the fact of my outrage. But I can't be silent. I understand completely. Um, I mean, I you know, I was talking to our mother this morning about the um, description of Prince William at, at Yad Vashem. Prince William? And, huh? Who, wait, 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 back up. You don't know that William is in Israel? No. The first of the British monarchy since uh, Israel became a state? No. Okay, so he's in Israel, and what? He went to Yad Vashem, and which is I, he, the, I think Holocaust. he must be doing a good job because he's, you know, both the Palestinians and the, and the Israelis think that he's too good to the other side, so I think he's 
walking a line very carefully, but he went to Yad Vashem for the first time. Uh, you know, obviously for the first time. But it, what was clear was that it was the first time that he was getting a clear view of what the Holocaust actually was. Yeah. And the more he got into that place, the more people could hear him just muttering to himself, how can, how can hatred turn into, how can this, how, how you know, just, you know, just extraordinarily uh, moved by the sudden realization of the reality of the event. Well, having... Which teaches me a bunch of stuff, you know, if you aren't taught about it by the people that you grow up with and that who are survivors or descendants of survivors, it's not an event that you appreciate or understand. Well, having uh, been there uh, within the last year myself, I can tell you that that experience is eviscerating. It, there is no way it is to, and it's all done with, you know, photographs, pictures, news reports, blah, blah, blah. They just, the, the, you're, you see it as it unfolded chronologically. You go through it. And I think Americans that would see that now living in the current U.S. of A. would be overwhelmed by how the early rooms, the first rooms of Yad Vashem that you go through, look frighteningly like echo echo what uh was what is happening in this country the dehumanization of a population the uh insights to violence by uh leadership uh trump you recall was inciting uh violence when he was a candidate um the racism the Paul xenophobia the said they had the final solution to the immigrants <laughs> Um, that was a couple of days ago. I mean, I it's yeah. I can't I can't pretend like this isn't exactly how that started. I can't pretend I don't have that knowledge, and that's why no, I don't have a problem with shunning. Okay. Well, that brings me that brings me to something I want to share because I just think it is so beautifully beautifully written. This is by somebody in the Guardian, British newspaper. By the way, uh, Milton has uh, sent a, a tweet that I that I retweeted the other day because I thought it was just dead on, and this has to do with what Susan was talking about about you know civil. All of a sudden, we're talking about civility <laughs> because because um, some Trump uh, administration officials had their dinners uh, interrupted, um, and a woman named Allie Maynard uh, said this. If I can't go to Planned Parenthood for a pap smear without being screamed at and harassed by Christian protesters, then Stephen Miller shouldn't be able to eat his fucking salad without being called an asshole. That's about it. Anyway, here is um, this whole idea of bringing up the Holocaust. Uh, some people just go berserk when someone says, like what Susan just said, and starts equating, as I did. Uh, well, some I, of, some I of what's find happened. what is interesting that every time I do it, and I do it in writing a lot, I am I, some person obviously not of the Jewish faith 
says, how dare you use the Holocaust in that way? And I always reply the same way. I do it because I've been taught from the time that I was a very young child in my synagogue made up of uh, mostly survivors of the Holocaust, lest we forget. And this is what, this is when we were talking about. This is when we need to trot this stuff out. Are you kidding? Exactly. So, there is something called Godwin's Law. Have you ever heard of that? Because I had not. And I'm, no, I'm, I don't know. Well, maybe if you tell me, but I don't. No, no, no. no. I'm I not sure it, who I don't God, know it is I, Godwin's I, Law. I'm not quite clear who Godwin is, but he came up, uh, it, this is in regard to invoking the Holocaust. He uh, proposed a rule that says uh, this. The longer an online debate goes on, the likelier it is that someone will mention Hitler or the Nazis. That's Godwin's, uh, you know, rule or Godwin's law, uh-huh. which is, you know, okay, that, I get it. And um, <coughs> after Charlottesville uh, with the white supremacists uh, and, uh, and the killing of that, uh, of Heather Heyer, um, Godwin himself... whoever he is, again, I don't know, uh, said this. By all means, compare these shitheads to Nazis. Again and again, I am with you. So Godwin folded immediately when it came to what's happening in this country. Nazi-like behavior. Right. So he says, um, and then the the guy who writes the piece, a guy named Friedland, says... um, You know, but even that, I tried to avoid Nazi comparisons because in reality they are almost always wrong and and far from dramatizing whatever horror is underway, they usually only minimize the horror that killed millions in the 40s. And yet, he says, there is a cost to such restraint because if the Nazi era is placed somehow off-limits, seen as far outside the realm of regular human experience that it might as well have happened on some distant planet, well, then we risk the real failure to learn its lessons. Because we we have been given, Susan, think about this, we have been given something that those good Germans didn't have. We have been given an early warning system in the reality and the history of what happened in Germany. That's right. And so I state again, that's why it is incumbent on us to speak out, to continue to speak out. And if we don't, we betray every single thing that we were raised with. And I think I I told you this the other, I think this weekend when we were talking um, on the phone, that, and it came from this article, that if you interview survivors of the Holocaust, these old now in their 90s, they can recount so much horror and they will tell you about it, you know, with an even voice. But when they come to the moment that they were separated from their parents to a man and to a woman, they begin to cry. 
they struggle. It is that memory that is still too painful. The moment they were taken by authorities from their parents. Well, guys, we are now doing that. So that, who knows, in 70 years, some of these children, 50 of them right just a few miles from where I sit right now, 50 of these poor little children, in 70 years, might they be recounting to somebody what happened to them in the United States in 2018 and begin to cry as they remember the trauma of that moment? There is no difference. It doesn't matter that for the Holocaust survivor, their parents were being taken away to be killed. It doesn't matter because the trauma was the separation. And the fact that this country has no system in place to reunite these children, that somehow... And the fact that it's already admitted that it's lost some. They... We don't have a clue. And imagine that we did this. At least the Nazis, when they did this, kept very careful records. We're not doing that. And then this guy goes on to talk about the echoes of the, of, uh, the Holocaust. He says the dehumanization of human beings, which, uh, you know, Trump is acting right out of the Nazi uh, playbook. It's like the playbook. He's right. on page four right now. Yeah, yeah. And so he says, but, you know, you don't even, <clears throat> excuse me, have to go back to the 30s in Germany to know that the first step, the first steps toward Holocaust is the dehumanization of a group, the use of words like invasion, uh, vermin, animals, infestation. These are all the words used by Hitler and they are now being used almost on a daily basis in his tweets by Trump. This well, is the language. Seuss, what? And you mentioned the Dr. Dr. Seuss. Seuss cartoon that right. I sent <coughs> out. Yeah. I mean, there was a congressman that was heard to say just three days ago. No, it wasn't a congressman. Well, these aren't our children. I don't think that was a congressman. It was a uh, contributor to Fox News, I think. Oh, okay. They are not okay. our children. Exactly right. So do with them what you and, want. And the Dr. Seuss cartoon that I'm talking about was written in the early 40s, I think, and it's a mother reading a you know Seuss-like book to her fairy tale to her, children, to her two children saying, and the little children were eaten by the vicious witch, but it was okay because they weren't our children. Um, I'm sorry, something just came in about another Supreme Court decision. Probably bad. California law requiring pregnancy centers to notify women that states might cover abortion is uh, apparently, the Supreme Court says likely unconstitutional. Oh, for God's sakes! Okay, I'm sorry. I'm yelling at our mother. Okay. <laughs> this. Um, Hello. I'm here. <laughs> okay. I'm here. Um, 
But I mean, so just taking this to the to the Holocaust, uh, you have what's happening in our country now is happening in other countries as well. Italy has just uh, put right now the Italian government is made up of uh, essentially white nationalists as well. Um, the interior minister in Italy uh, just this week called for purification of his country. Now, guys, that again is from the pre-Holocaust playbook. Purification of his country, neighborhood by neighborhood, street by street. That's in Italy. And what he's talking about, the group he's talking about specifically, are the Roma. And they also are always the canary in the coal mine because the Nazis went after them and exterminated them as much as they exterminated the Jews. So here's the scary thing. After the Holocaust, and up until right about the last few years, the world, in horror, agreed that some things were beyond the realm of civil discourse. And so things became taboo and kept an, you know, these darker, hateful impulses that we have now learned are always there. But it kept them from being acted out. So it became a crime in a lot of European countries to voice, you know, just flat-out racism or xenophobia or Holocaust denial or anything like that. It's a crime. But so this idea that we were to hold in check because we knew where this kind of thing could lead, that's now being blown up. It's blown up in our country by Donald Trump. It's blown up in these other European countries by ultra-nationalistic, xenophobic, and racist parties who are gaining a lot of power. Hungary is in their thrall. Poland is in their thrall. The Italians now, they've always been a huge block in France. So the boundaries that the world agreed to draw up after 1945, demarcating acceptable human behavior, turns out, this guy in The Guardian says, turns out they were just lines in the sand. And the tide seems to be coming in. So you hear about Trump erasing everything that had been put in place after World War II. The alliances, the norms, the sense that we must, you know, act together, that, uh, that, that there be, you know, NATO, that there be these other G7, G8, whatever, that we need to become. And he's pulling us out of everything and making us an outlier. Essentially, 
increasingly a rogue nation. So this guy said, this is why I will continue to bring up Holocaust uh, metaphors and will continue to note this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. Because a Holocaust doesn't happen overnight. It happens bit by bit, word by word. Each step, seemingly inconsequential, taking us lower into the pit. And it's why every one of us has to fight back which suggests that screaming at Sanders or Nielsen when they're out on the town is not beyond the pale, simply because silence is beyond the pale, and simply because most Americans feel powerless to do anything, and the power they have is if they find themselves in the same place with one of these people, shunning them, shaming them, whatever. I see it as what we are left to do. Because it's important to understand why we've gotten here. It's not so much a result of a breakdown in civility. It's a breakdown of our democracy. That's right. And I mean, how civil do you have to be to some, to to a Quisling? I mean, how 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 polite do you have to be to you know literally an arsonist who's setting a match to our country? I you know sorry, I think there's times when it's rude to be polite. <laughs> this Supreme Court. And I and I'll say again, I don't think shunning is necessarily unpolite. Well, it, I mean, if you're the person. I think you can make your, I think, you know, you can put a miasma over a room with a deep, dark look and thought and stare very easily. The Supreme Court, God help us, guys, we do not have any power. The Supreme Court in a 5-4, big shocker ruling. I, I, you know, anyone who can't figure out who the five were <laughs> will be dismissed immediately. The Supreme Court, in a 5-4 ruling, upheld Donald Trump's restriction on travel to the United States from Muslim countries, giving the White House its first high court victory on the Muslim ban. Well, uh, how can we host a World Cup? <laughs> After I'm serious. If, uh, this... This is the one that all these federal courts before said, unconstitutional, unconstitutional, right. unconstitutional. They get to this packed, politicized court, our Supreme Court, and they say, looks good to me. The travel ban has been upheld. Meanwhile, the same court, what a bunch of sons of bitches. 
in a pair of one-sentence orders yesterday, the court punted on two big cases, on a gerrymandering case out of Texas and on another gay, uh, serving gay case, uh, this one out of Washington State. They punted, and they punted in the wrong direction, too, because they refused to uphold the lower court rulings that found uh, that Texas was, in fact, using politics to draw its district lines, and that the florist in Washington State who refused to work with a gay couple who was getting married uh, did not apparently engage in uh, unconstitutional discrimination. This after so, the just this Susan after the Washington so State Huckabee doesn't have a leg to stand on. I uh, rest well, my that's case. right. That's right. That's what they're saying. I mean, that's what the effect is. Then, well, I guess we're free to refuse service then to people who offend us as well. Because the Washington Supreme Court had said, this doesn't have anything to do uh, with uh, religion or with flowers. This case is no more about access to flowers than the civil rights cases in the 1960s were about access to sandwiches. Right. That's the state Supreme Court, the Washington State. They get to. Well, that's right. It's about the right to be served. They get to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court says, mm, yeah, I don't know. they refused. Um, they told the lower court to reconsider the case. But let me tell you how people squawk when the Bank of America refuses to do business with manufacturers of assault weapons and, uh, yeah. and various other things. And and all these people are, you know, articles being written on whether it's, you know, it's affecting the, the ability of the Second Amendment to, I'm sorry, you know, they don't, the Bank of America doesn't do business with the marijuana industry either. I don't hear them squawking. They just figured it out. You know, I, you, you, you can't have it both ways. If you get to discriminate because of viewpoint, which is basically where we are, used to be a tenant of our Constitution that you couldn't. But now it's a tenant of our Constitution that you can, indeed, discriminate according to viewpoints. So go ahead. But so will everyone else. Yeah. So, um... And, you know, and it's like the tax code. If that's the way the tax code is written, then... Frankly, you're a fool if you don't take the tax credits, you know, if you understand what I'm saying, just because you think that the country could use the money and we really, and, and uh, some things actually cost money and we need taxes. Um, uh, no, you know, I'm only going to pay the amount of taxes that the tax code says I'm supposed to pay. But that's also the effect of these kinds of judgments by the court. It, st it sets the standards of behavior. Justice Sotomayor, in uh, dissent, in regard to the Texas case, where they said, oh, those gerrymandered um, district lines in Texas that deprive black people of their votes, um, no problem. And here's what she wrote. The court today goes out of its way 
to permit the state of Texas to use maps that a lower court unanimously found were adopted for the sole purpose of preserving the racial discrimination that tainted its previous maps. And she goes on to say, it means that after years of litigation and undeniable proof of intentional discrimination, minority voters in Texas, despite constituting a majority of the population, will continue to be underrepresented in our political process. This is our country, guys. Someone tweeted... Yeah, well, that's uh, what they want. That's what they want. They want it. The only way Republicans have power is, they, is through voter suppression. Uh, this is how, they, is how they operate. That's how they do it in Wisconsin. Mother, you know, mother's how, vote doesn't count. Right. That's how they do it. They know they're brilliant at it. That's how they did it here in Pennsylvania, which is why our congressional delegation absolutely does not accurately represent the people of this commonwealth. I have a quote here from Alexander Hamilton that will prove that what we are enduring now is something that has been seen in history a lot. It's just that we're not used to seeing it here. And the author of this is Alexander Hamilton. It was written in 1792. Now, as you know, they spoke a little differently then, but listen to this, because he's talking about the danger of one unprincipled man in a position of power. The truth unquestionably is that the only path to subversion of our Republican system of the country is by flattering the prejudices of the people and exciting their jealousies and apprehensions to throw affairs into confusion and bring on civil commotion. Now right there he has totally right, has he not drawn a picture of Donald Trump, the chaos president. Then he continues, when a man unprincipled in private life, desperate in his fortune, bold in his temper, possessed of considerable talents, despotic in his ordinary demeanor, known to have scoffed in private at the principles of liberty, When such a man is seen to mount the hobby horse of popularity, to join in the cry of danger, danger to liberty, to take every opportunity of embarrassing the government and bringing it under suspicion, to flatter and fall in with all the nonsense of the zealots of the day, it may justly be suspected that his object is to throw things into confusion, that he may ride the storm and direct the whirlwind. That's Alexander Hamilton, 1792, what's writing right about Donald Trump. Right. 
Yeah. Well, it happens because it's so textbook. Yeah. Textbook. Uh, Michelle Goldberg today, just incredible uh, piece, and and I already uh, lifted some of it without uh, attri attribution. Uh, I'll just share with you a little bit more. Uh, whether or not you think public shaming should be happening, it's important to understand why, and she's the one who said this, it's less a result of a breakdown in civility than a breakdown of our democracy. All over the country, Republican members of Congress have refused to so much as meet with many of their frightened and furious citizens, citizens they ostensibly represent. Millions and millions of Americans watch helplessly as the president cages children, dehumanizes immigrants, spurns other democracies, guts health care protections, uses his office to enrich himself, and turns public life into a deranged phantasmagoria with his incontinent flood of tweets and lies. Liberals have not taken to marching around in public with assault weapons and threatening civil war. You'll recall the Tea Party did. And you'll recall the Republican side has done that. Marched around with weaponry, threatened civil war and secession. All these liberals are now doing, well, some of the celebrities have said some bad words. Some people have treated administration officials, well, rudely. Liberals are using their cultural power against the right because it's the only power they have left. All governmental power resides with the Republican Party. And sometimes their strategies may be poorly conceived, but there is an abusive sort of victim-blaming in demanding that progressives single-handedly uphold civility lest the right become even more uncivil in response. And that's what liberals and others telling us, stop doing this, it's terrible. Why are the screaming starts when we engage in incivility? It's like the reaction to Michelle Wolf. You know, why was, uh, why was Correspondence Press Dinner just fine until a woman with a funny voice did it? You know, it's, it's We're supposed to be fearful that if we right. start acting up, the right will start acting up. They've been acting up for a long, long time now. They yeah, have at, been at some at some point, folks. You got to stand up to the bully. Yeah, you can't just wait for somebody else to run to run in, God knows who, and rescue you. You actually have to stand up for what you claim to believe in and say, no, this is wrong, and we are here to change it. Yeah. That's not rude. It's not inappropriate. And calling a bully a bully, <clears throat> and excuse the term, an asshole an asshole, is particularly appropriate right now. Yeah. By the way, uh, David Brooks today um, said... 
I'll read just one line. Today, you can be a conservative or you can be a Republican, but you can't be both. And that ought to... Are you leaving the Republican Party now? Well, it sounds, sure sounds like it. That's, I mean, he's a conservative. Um, he's as, yeah, yeah, I think that's as clear as, as it is. There's another one. Uh, the Republican Party has ceased to be a conservative party. It is now a frighteningly xenophobic... I think, who's, who's the guy who called it a cult? He had it right. Corker? Yeah, it's a cult. It's a, it's a personality cult, which is also what Hitler had, what Mussolini had, what, what Mao, Mao had. Personality cult. And that never leads anywhere good. And once something's a personality cult, then the great leader, Der Fuhrer, can do no wrong. Simple as that. Very easy. So, yeah, uh, I don't think it's time for playing nice anymore. I, I do not. No. No. I mean, really, I, if this isn't the time not to, I, I fail to understand yeah, what would get anyone to think that, you know, what is. Right. Speaking of what is, did you hear about the kids that sat on a couch in an Ikea in Indiana and pulled out a gun and shot it? Excuse me? No. What do you mean they pulled out a gun? A gun was in the couch? In the... Some Yahoo customer sat on the couch and the gun out of their pocket. And, uh... And so how did the, the gun next, went off? Next, a bunch of kids come and sit on the couch and one of the little kids pulls the gun and pulls the trigger and boom. Okay, but nobody was hurt. Nobody was hurt. But I, you know, and, and you know, the article continues well. And no one knows whether the person had a permit or, you know, and then, and I'm thinking... Well, let's just give it that the person has a permit and it's concealed carry and everything is fine. Is it not sensible gun control to say that if you don't know how to properly secure a gun which you are concealing and carrying, at least to have, like, the safety on and, you know, put it someplace where it can't simply slip out of your pocket, isn't that enough to forfeit that so that kids don't sit down in Ikea and shoot the gun? Oh, Susan, Susan, Susan. Uh, we have a caller. Uh, hello, caller. Hi, it's Mary. Hi, Hi Mary. Sue. Hi, Mary. Hey, um, it's okay, Mary. <laughs> I don't know that, baby. I just have to say that I, you know, I'm still struggling with believing. I, I just have such a strong disbelief of this happened. I keep. It's like, when am I going to wake up from this nightmare? But um, I do have to say that trying to understand, I'm still trying to understand the drastic, the, how could we be um, so shocked at the drastic change? Okay, that we, we went from Obama being so civilized and uh, honorable to this hostile regime that's taken over our country. So I'm looking at it and thinking, and this is more than just the dumbing down of America here. And I've been trying to look at it, and I said, wait a minute. 
this isn't just conservatives and liberals. This isn't the republic. This isn't political anymore. This is a struggle between love and hate. I, I used to joke around and, and around by conservative friends and say, I'm a loving liberal, and then try to kiss them, and it always got funny. But no, this is deep. This is so deep. This is a struggle between the lovers and the haters. You know, it boils down to that primitive, the root of, of who we really are. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the haters with the, I got mine, you got yours, they have no compassion. I think it's a, it's a human, um, it's, it's just a, I, I can't, I, I, it's, it's just too much for me right now. I can't, I can't handle all the hate personally oh, because I'm a lover. And then when you look at every time we, the loving liberals, respond to these outrages, we are, we say, oh, just, that's not civilized. And I had a, a fuck Trump button that I was wearing. And then I said, you know what? I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to reduce myself to that level. That's typical, loving, liberal mentality. And hold on, everybody. That's not the playing field anymore. We have been reduced. I don't even... I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Beyond my, I hear, you know what? I, I used to have... It to, I just <clears throat> need to look at it as, how would they do it? How, okay, keep the level playing field. Would we be... Would you ever see on the haters, I'm not calling them conservatives anymore, I'm not calling them Republicans, they are what they are, they're bloody, stinking, rotten haters. It's okay. a disease, it's, they're on right. the dark side. Okay, I, but, Mary, but that's okay, that's where Mary, they want to be. Mary, take a breath. Be saying, take a breath. Take a come breath. On. Okay, take a breath. Hey, I, Mary. You're cured. Yeah, you're no longer a loving liberal. Okay. Hey Mary, thank you. You uh you yeah. have voiced I'm sure what a lot of people why a lot of people's stomachs are upset all the time. I just right. think we we need to we need to take off our rose colored yeah, glasses okay. and love and, and good I don't okay. I don't know if that's the way to go. It's a struggle, but I know one thing, you'll never see one of the haters saying that's just not nice. No, you will never see they're, that. They're, they're so, at our jugular vein, guys. They're, they're, at our, they're ripping our throats out. All right. Okay. Thank you, Mary. Yep. Thank you, Mary. I love you, guys. Okay, I love you, too. I love Bye. You too, Mary. Bye. 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 There comes a time. It's like when, when, when schools made that zero tolerance, you know, fighting thing so that if if uh, you know some kid walked up to your kid and slammed your kid and your kid slam and your kid slammed the kid back both got expelled yeah so the rule in effect said you got to stand there and take it and <laughs> hope someone calls the principal and then you won't get expelled too you know so i mean and i w i was on the school board at the time i knew that rule existed and i was screaming about it and saying you know that i'm sorry you really got to listen to these kids and determine what happened yeah That's not fair. Uh, duh. I, I lost so I just went home and told my kids, hey, here's the situation. If someone comes up to you and attacks you, you are more than free to defend yourself. I just want to make that clear. If it's the school's policy that you're going to get thrown out, well, we'll go and have lunch together that day. I really don't. I would rather you learn the lesson of when it is appropriate. You damn well better stand up and protect yourself, folks. Yeah. Here's a. Um, this is one of those times. And I want to thank Barbara for sending me uh, what Char Charlie, Charlie Pierce has written. He's uh, writes for Esquire. 
and it it echoes what Susan's been saying. Um, The headline is, The Civility Debate Has Reached Peak Stupidity. And he says this, Bullies just roll over people and take advantage of people who play nice. Bullies only understand one thing, and that is people standing up to them and hitting back. Americans need to stop tolerating bullies. And that goes for self-admitted pussy grabbers and liars as well. We tolerate too much depraved, dishonest, corrupt, criminal, and hateful behavior. The American people need to return to their roots grow a backbone, stop swallowing the propaganda, and wake up out of their daydreams and delusions until they do, nothing is going to change. These are not ordinary times. Silence is not an option. Civility has been off the table for some time, and we need to take the fight where it is. So it is true. We have a bully as a president. His base love his bully boy tactics. They mirror his bully boy tactics. They feed off of it. And we, I used to have a Doonesbury cartoon on my refrigerator, and damn it, I wish I knew where it was. It was so brilliant. It, It showed why the liberals are forever losing. And it was two guys engaged in, a, it, one was, a, you know, a right-winger and the other was a liberal. And the right-winger was saying, I think this, and the liberal was saying, well, I understand your point, but if you look at it this way, and he started, you know, like equivocating and trying to have a conversation, and the, the right-winger said, man, this is why we roll over you guys all the time. Because we're forever, you know, trying to have a conversation when they are about winning, rolling you over, not listening. I, that's it. That's it. Well, speaking of taking yep. to the streets, the, um, uh, there was another protest in front of the uh, city county building this morning. Um, <clears throat> I think. Uh, so, how many articles have been written bemoaning what this is doing to the to the? Uh, oh, oh, to to the rest of us. Yeah. Please, 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 stop all this protesting because what are people going to think of us, right? Well, I, I'm not hearing that as much as um, I couldn't listen to. I in one of the talk stations on my way in. I just heard the the uh, host before he went off to the news say. And when we come back, I want to hear what you think of these protests. And I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. I know what that audience thinks of the protests. I know. Right. And what I've been, you know, these. If they've been inconvenienced, you know what they think of the protests. That's right. That's right. And um, I don't know. No, it's actually, Lynn and I did a whole show on, what, Sunday, Saturday? Yeah, we did. We accidentally talked to each other and talked about all these things and realized we should shop. (laughs) Save it for uh, the show. Yeah, I think, yeah. I am am reaching, uh, you know, uh, 
I, I'm going to need another break. I, I am just, you know, I'm in a, in, like so many of you, I'm, I'm just in a, such a state. And I, I, I don't feel like I'm doing anything by coming here and, you know, shaking my head and tearing my hair out every day. What does that do? I don't know. Well, actually, I, you're raising a voice. I, I'm, I, you know, there isn't a lot that we can do. If, if, we can, if you can motivate people, and that is your talent, dear sister, then please continue to motivate people. You know, I, I mean, I, it, it, it's coming, you know, if we need to start knocking on doors, then we need to start knocking on doors. We need to, we need to do some stuff. But if you need a break, you come and visit me or we'll go someplace together for a week and then go back and take up arms again and go. You can have battle fatigue. That's fine. You know, what's, what's odd is that I, you cannot get away from it. And um, No. I mean, he... He infects every, almost every moment of my existence. I, I went to get a shot at the hospital the other day. I have to get these monthly shots. And um, one of the nurses uh, said to me, you know, I don't ever bring this stuff up because you don't, I don't know where. You don't know who you're talking no. to. And one of the nurses said to me, my God, I can't believe what's happening to our country. And she just had to talk. I mean, she was just... Um, and, you know, I, I don't know how... You, you go out to dinner and a waitress might say something to you. You go... I, you cannot get away from it. Or someone says... Yesterday I was in a drugstore and a woman stocking the shelves looked at me and said, Hey, hi, Lynn. How you doing? And I said, ah, as good as can be expected. She said, I totally understand. And we un she understood. You know, I, mean, I, understood. I sat in, uh, here I am in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm sitting, I am playing duplicate bridge with mother in a room, in a senior center, in a room full of, let's just say, people that are my age and older. Um, and... Uh, I get to, and I'm sitting uh, at a table with two men, and one of the guys looks at me, remembers he's met me before, and his eyes light up, and he leans over and he starts just whispering everything anti-Trump. He said, "I'm always so excited when I see you." Ah, <laughs> uh, because he's in Trump country there. Right. Yeah. Less said, well, so though, because mom, you know, <laughs> there's been there's been a spe there's been two special elections. Um, in the last few months uh, there, and both in that very Trumpian uh, jurisdiction have gone to Democrats, both state special elections, one for the Supreme Court, state Supreme Court, and one for, I think, the state Senate. And that tells you something. That guy might have more people to whisper to than he realizes because when they go to the polls, they very well might be uh, voting for Democrats now. Hopefully. And, and speaking of Green Bay, because you mentioned uh, Green Bay, uh, this back to my rant about the Supreme Court. Uh, in another development, uh, the court said it will not hear an appeal 
from Brandon from Brandon Dassey. This for anybody. This guy Susan is sitting. Are you in Mom's house right now? Yeah. This is a guy who's sitting uh, less than a mile away from you in a jail cell in the reformatory. Oh, oh. They refuse to hear his case. This is a guy who whose case we know of because he it was a Netflix uh, series that award-winning series called Making a Murderer. And he was convicted of murdering and raping a woman that I don't think there's any doubt that he did not, did not. In, in the series, you see him being browbeaten in a videotape test uh, uh, where, he, where he confesses. And let me say this, he is of limited intelligence. This, he was 16 years old. He didn't understand much of what was happening to him. He didn't, clearly didn't understand questions, had been told if he would just say certain things, he could go home. And so the New York Times reporting on this Supreme Court today said, prompted by investigators, Mr. Dassey, the 16-year-old, confessed to rape and murder and based solely on that confession he was convicted and sentenced to life in prison and everybody who has looked at this case say that kid there is no way he should be in there now he's been in there now for some some time so his lawyers had urged the supreme court to use the case as an opportunity to instruct lower courts about how to use confessions obtained from juveniles and from people with mental deficiencies. He had both. He was a juvenile with a mental deficiency. And the court, having that case with this clearly innocent kid, turned it down, and turned him away without comment. And if you watched uh, Making a Murderer, then it just rips your gut apart. It really does. Unbelievable. Well, we don't care about actual people in this country. I mean, you know, we've actually only have 250,000 people in this country who live in extreme poverty. And and if that's true, why don't we just take them out of extreme poverty? I mean, you know, what percentage of the population is that? We're the richest country in the world. We can't do something about that poor quarter of a million people? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, Suze, that's it. You heading back to Chicago? Okay. You heading back to Chicago today? I am. I'm going to do a few things around here first, and then yeah, Ernie and I head back to Chicago. Okay. Well, uh, safe travels, 
and uh, say hi to mom. Okay, hi mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she was trying to listen to us, and she somehow pushed the wrong button and was listening to a different show, <laughs> so, <laughs> which I could hear loudly in the other room. Anyway, okay. Oh, goodbye. that's why you were screaming at her. Okay, goodbye. That goodbye. is why I was screaming at okay. her. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And uh, you guys, um, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. Hang in. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.